listeners. <laughs> Tom, you know, we like to give each other a three, two, one count to start. Person. And Tom, who I did not realize I was starting, gave me a three, two, one, and then whispered majors really loudly into the <laughs> Skype call. It's because I'm a bad boy. Hey, I'm Liam. completely off my game. Hey, buddy. How was California? How was your flight? Uh, Bumpy. I watched a lot of Curb. For the listeners, I, should we tell them? Should we tell them, Tom? Yeah. Uh, Tom and I are moving in together. And so is Jane, past in guest. Calif- in California. So that's been exciting and incredibly stressful. We've been dealing with a realtor, Ron. Not my favorite person in the world. Hey, yeah. Ron. Nice Hawaiian hey, Ron. shirts, Ron. Hey, Ron. Enjoying enjoying how you act like you should have a ponytail, but you don't, Ron. Hey, Ron. Thanks. You know, you said you were going to get back to us Tuesday, Ron, and it's Wednesday, Ron, and you only just called us asking for more information, Ron. At five o'clock, Ron, when most people in California end their days at five, Ron. Hey, Ron. Hey, Ron. Hey, Ron. Hey, Ron. This is a 100% real media majors verified threat. If we don't get this fucking place that you've made it such a pain in the ass for us to get, I'm going to fly to California and kill you. We're going to eat your hollow bones. <laughs> I'm going to eat your real human bones, Ron. Ron, do you like your bones dipped in Tabasco sauce or barbecue, Ron? Doesn't fucking matter, because I'm going to be the one eating them. Barbecue sauce, by the way. Uh, and I bet you guys are wondering, well, what's so good about this place? It's got a pool, y'all. Y'all, it's got a fucking <laughs> y'all, pool. Y'all, it's got a pool. And it's only like a half-hour drive from places that I would like to get jobs at. And it's close to LA's number one dispensary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can legally talk about weed on the podcast then. Oh, man. Uh, this is Media Majors, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It's a storytelling podcast about major media. I'm your co-host, Tom Lockney. And I'm your bro-host, Liam Senior. <laughs> and each week, each of us tells a different story uh, to try and uh, blow each other's mind from our respective mediums. I talk about movies and TV. And I talk about video games on the internet. And what we're starting to do to make it just like a more cohesive listening experience is have a theme. We're still surprising each other with the stories that we tell, but we, we've picked a theme for this week, and it's sort of like large gatherings or conventions. And I believe, Liam, you are starting us off. You believe correctly. Part one, a hiss from a rose. Fuck, that's so good! In 1849, many Chinese immigrants made their way to the American West to work on the railroads. They brought with them things from their culture, including medical oil from the Chinese water snake. It was high in omega-3s, and it helped with inflammatory pain and arthritis. This was the first snake oil. Hmm. And it actually did stuff. Yeah. But white people being white people thought, oh, that's something I can make money and screw people over on. How can we ruin this? Actual snake oil was born, and snake oil men with it. These were cure-all tonics that did absolutely nothing and mostly contained alcohol, chemicals, and drugs. You can only have this snake oil if you're connected to Wi-Fi, and even then it doesn't do anything. There were no Chinese water snakes in America, so the first snake oils that were made were made with snake oil rattlesnake oil oh that sounds like a very bad idea 
setting the stage for entrepreneur Clark Stanley, a.k.a. the Rattlesnake King. Oh, God. Fucking already I just want to die. <laughs> In an 1897 pamphlet about Stanley's life and exploits, the former cowboy claimed he learned about the healing power of rattlesnakes oil from Hopi medicine men. He never mentioned Chinese oh. snake oil at all. Now we're just screwing over other people. Uh, at a live demonstration in the 1893 World's Exposition in Chicago, he took a live snake and sliced it open before a crowd of onlookers. That's fucked up. <laughs> he slid it open and plunged it into boiling water. When the frat roast off the top, he skimmed it off and used it to create Stanley's snake oil. That's disgusting. This also had two major problems. It didn't do anything. Rattlesnake doesn't have the vital omega-3 acid that the water, Chinese water snake had. And also it's full of poison! Secondly, Stanley's snake oil didn't have any snake oil. He lied about putting the actual rattlesnake oil in it. What? And he just do that demonstrations to Why, fuck, to, why to even push go it. through the theatrics of it then? If you're not gonna, like, if you're gonna rip off of some culture and then not do the thing, why? Is it just to exploit, like, mysticism? Yeah, exactly. It's to exploit the oh, fact that, that this had oil from a snake in it, but, you know, it was just a tonic. And pushing unhelpful products what? licensed as holistic or medicinal that don't do jack shit is still as American as apple pie and a high childhood mortality rate. <laughs> there are so many modern snake oil men on TV that we'll get back to, Dr. Oz. Dr. But Oz. we're going to talk about the most famous snake oil person. And her fame doesn't even stem from her products, but from her film career. This is the story of Gwyneth Paltrow, Gwyneth. America's most famous snake oil man. Good snake to have you on the podcast, Gwyneth. Part two: Gwens and Gwenemies. Oh, goo, goo, god! That was not a that was that was a bad one. First one, club banger. Second one, mm, not so much. I'm a fan. Gwyneth Kate Paltrow, born September 27th, in a year I didn't write down, is an American actress, <laughs> singer, and writer. She gained early notice for her work in films like Seven and Emma and Sliding Doors and Shakespeare in Love, which she won a bunch of awards for. Uh, after dating A-listers like Brad Pitt and Ben Affleck, she married Coldplay singer Chris Martin and oh, named man. her two kids Apple and Moses. Discuss. Why would you marry... Okay, first of all, why would you marry Chris Martin? Lot to unpack, right? Like, yeah. that is a hefty suitcase of a sentence I just plopped down That's on That's number of one. Like, first of all, we all listen to Parachutes. We know, like... Oh, man. Well, like, we know that it's not going to be a very fun relationship. It's going to be a lot of weepy nights, a lot of, a lot of like, 15-year-olds poetry. You know what? Name your kids what you want to name your kids, but also know that they are going to get mocked on the playground eventually. Yeah. She got she, – she chose Apple because it was wholesome, biblical, and a fruit was what I read. Fun fact, listeners, right now, I'm eating an apple. Oh my god, you're eating her baby! Yeah, that crunch you heard was Apple's bones. The, the hollow Apple bones. <laughs> oh, I love the new Apple iBone. The iBone 7. The iBone the iBone would be a very good name for a VR porn headset. Truth. In 1998, her father was diagnosed with cancer, and she began to research on how one could get cancer, because they lived a somewhat healthy lifestyle. And she learned that there are toxins and poisons all throughout our environment, and they rot us from the inside. And that's when she found her new calling. Chemtrails. <laughs> Part three. Goopy, goopy, goop. Was that, was that a pun, or was that just a gross turn of phrase? In 2008, 
Gwen launched Goop, a wellness newsletter that has since become a wellness and lifestyle blog. Tom, do you not know about Goop? I don't know about Goop, but you know what, Liam? Oh my god. I really want to learn about Goop. The name comes from her initials, even though her middle name is Kate, and O's don't appear in her name, and Goop is already a word for something. Goop currently employs around 12 members of staff who work in a converted barn in California. And this is from Goop's website's about page. Launched in the fall of 2008 out of Gwyneth Paltrow's kitchen as a homespun weekly newsletter, GP wanted a place to organize her unbiased travel recommendations, health-centric recipes, and shopping discoveries for her friends. Gwyneth Paltrow. True neutral. (laughs) She also wanted to get her own questions about health, fitness, and the psyche answered. Now Goop has become a fully formed lifestyle site offering a tight curation of products and content. It is a place for GP to introduce some of the incredible experts who have mentored her throughout her life to a wider audience, and a place where readers can find suggestions about where to shop, eat, and stay from a trusted friend, not from an anonymous crowdsourced recommendation engine. It keeps going on, but I'm getting bummed out as I read this. Yeah, that is a that is a whole bunch. That sounds like something a venture capitalist would sink a lot of ill-advised money into. We value your trust above above all things, and ultimately we hope Goop is indispensable is an indispensable resource for all who love Why to make, go, get, do, B and C. Why is it called Why would Goop? Call it Goop? I Why don't would you know. Call it Goop. Shoot your Goop, my dude. Tom, go to www.goop.com for me. Holy Christ! Opening up an incognito browser because I don't want that in my search history. Goop.com. I'm on Goop. Uh, there's a now picture browse- of Gwyneth on the top right. Godfrey's Guide. Which SPF really makes sense for the beach? Look through products and see if you can find a theme through all these products. How about we try Goop skincare? I want to rub some Goop on yeah. my skin. Let's do the skincare. That's pro- that's one of their biggest things. Mm. Okay. There's this little tiny jar. Maybe like a tiny little makeup jar. Exfoliating. Now, Tom, what can you tell me about some of the prices on these bad boys? Um, hmm. Well, for the uh, Goop by Juice Beauty Exfoliating Instant Facial, love those. Yeah. It's a hundred and twenty-five U.S. dollars. That makes sense. That makes sense. Here's a fun one. Under Goop Wellness, balls in the air. <laughs> Where are oh the my. balls? Where are my balls? They're in the air constantly. Oh, there's an attached quote. I'm working really hard at an intense pace and don't have the time to... Oh, slow down or get sick. Sorry, this this font that they've chosen is terrible in lowercase. It is a it is a, a wellness-like regimen for pills. Wow, um, that's $90 for one month and $75 for a monthly subscription? Fuck mm-hmm. me. Oh, oh sideways, my God. yeah. Tom, it's safe to say that these are incredibly expensive products that are pretty much useless. And I've already bought three of them. Sorry, Liam, we're not going to California anymore. I've got to be beautiful. Goop has gotten a lot of criticism for some of its products and ideas, which have been referred to as everything from nonsense to bullshit pseudoscience. <laughs> She has an obsession with cleanses, even though, as found out by the Mayo Clinic, cleanses and detoxes don't really do that much help. Your organs don't need the extra help. Just drink water. Yeah. She said she would rather smoke crack than eat cheese from a can. She wrote about how bras might be, are probably linked to breast cancer. Uh, they are not linked to breast what? cancer in any way, shape, or form. How? 
Jimmy Kimmel once asked her on a show the science behind earthing, which is walking around barefoot, and although she defended it, she could not explain the science, why it worked, and even just said that it was something that she read about. Goop is nothing more than an aggregation site disguised as holistic. And then there's some of these. This is from the Daily Beast. In singing the praises of holistic spa tikkun, Paltrow enjoys her readers to get the mugwort V-steam. V-steam. What's a V-steam? Vaginal steaming. Oh, vaginal steaming. Like, wait, no, that's so bad. Like, steam, though. You sit on what is essentially a mini throne, she writes, and a combination of infrared and mugwort steam cleanses your uterus. It is an energetic release, not just a steam douche. I mean, like, there is energy. Like, steam is the result of entropy. Yeah, there's energy, but you don't want that. That's so bad. That It balances female hormone levels. No, it doesn't, Listen to this, Tom. Listen to this, Tom. And if you're in L.A., you have to do it. So we oh, have to do it when we, we move get, there. I guess for us, it would be our, uh, would it be our balls or would we want to get our buttholes? Well, here's the Steamed. other thing. Here's the other thing. And this is from the Washington my Post. Favorite, my favorite Simpson joke is about steamed vag. <laughs> nice. This is from the Washington Post. Most recently, Paltrow's lifestyle website, Goop, which promoted va- vaginal steaming, is at it again with more advice for women. Oh, Christ. Putting a jade egg, yes, a solid object about the size of a golf ball, in your vagina and keeping it there all day or while you're sleeping. Is is that for Kegel exercises? Because I feel like I have read about, like, doing some, putting putting some sort of objects into your uh, vagina and... Listen, for $66 a piece, the jade egg, once the strictly guarded secret of Chinese queens and concubines to please their emperors would help boost your orgasm and increase vaginal muscle tone, hormonal balance, and feminine energy in general. Oh, that's what it's for. Dr. Jen Gunter, an OBGYN for Kaiser Pertonente in San Francisco, called the idea the biggest load of garbage she's read on goop since vaginal steaming, and worse than (laughs) saying bras are linked to cancer. Gunter wrote a scathing review of the practice in her blog post. Jade is porous, she said, so leaving the egg in one's vagina during sleep could allow bacteria to get inside and cause bacterial vaginosis or even toxic shock shock syndrome. Yeah. A life-threatening complication caused by bacterial infections. Yeah, you'll get like a blowfly girl situation going on. And that's not good, in case you're wondering, (laughs) Gunter writes. Dr. Jen Gunter, you are our queen. Love it. Part four, a cult hit. This is from the Goop website. In fact, actually, Tom, until we get to part five, I am just, I am simply reading from the Goop website. Oh, okay. For a whole part. Found poetry. From Goop. In Goop, health brings our most requested and shared wellness content to life. Over the course of one intensive but fun day, we'll gather for a series of panels, keynotes, and restorative interactive sections from the health-defining doctors and experts we rely on at Goop. Hmm. Um. We'll be addressing everything from gut imbalances to sexual health, Hmm. and you'll get an exclusive access to a market lined with clean beauty products, incredible food companies, and wellness goods. Complimentary swag included. We hope you'll join us on June 10th, 2017. Gotta get my swag. (laughs) For the most basic package, the Lapis package, tickets were $500. It's just a t-shirt that says, I'm a real gooper or fake gooper girl. For the amethyst package, the next stage up, it was 1000 What the fuck? 
And for the Crystal Quartz package, the highest package of all, it was $1,500. Hey, guys, it's Tom Lockheed. Sorry, 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 sorry. It was $1,500. Oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't change what I was going to say. Hi, guys. Hi, everybody. It's Tom Lockney on Media Majors. About to reiterate a point that I've made a couple times now. Hey, y'all, maybe we should eat the rich. Redistribute the wealth. Like, what? What do you need this? Hey, Gwyneth. Hey, Gwyneth. What do you need this for? Nothing. The answer is nothing. You don't. You're Gwyneth Paltrow. The Goop Hall will be open to all ticket holders. The Goop Hall. The Goop Hall. The Goopy Goopy Hall. Let's have the Goop Ball and the Goop Hall. And in addition to the good eats there, you can jump into a number of different guru-led wellness sessions. Here are all the wellness sessions. Crystal therapy. Our resident Goop Shaman has an uncanny ability to identify the crystal you need most in your life. And I bet you that Goop Crystal does not come cheap. Manny time. Tenno Verton, leaders in the non-toxic nail care movie movement, will be doing manicures on the spot. On the spot Ooh. manicures. An IV drip. An IV? They, the, one of the things that you can get was an IV drip. Maybe you'll have spent Friday night hitting the bottle a yeah. little too hard. Maybe you're looking for an energy boost. Either way, we'll get you hydrated. You are going to be pissing pure water by the end of our conference. You're going to be so hydrated. There's aura photography. I'm so mad. Flower remedy station, and a sound bath. The sound bath. NYC-based certified sound therapy practitioner Sarah Ostener invites you to sink into the sounds of crystal singing bowls. Only for crystal quartz package holders. Fuck, I can't. Guest speakers and panel members included a variety of new age quacks, but also the showrunner of Girls, Jenny Connor, businesswoman Tori Birch, and actresses Cameron Diaz and Nicole Ritchie, as well as Paltrow herself. I sometimes, on media majors, just, like, for the sake of entertainment and reaction, like to play up, like, my rage just, like, a little bit. This, no, not this time. This is extraordinarily real, how, like, fucking furious I am at this. Oh, my God! Part five. Fuck. Summit to our will. Fuck. I can't, I can't even be bothered to register that pun right now. Because it's the Goop Summit. I'm a Goopy Gooper! Yeah! We're all Goopy Goopers! So Gwyneth comes out on stage. It's just panels all day. Single panel. Like, roll, panels that just roll into each other. And her first speaker is Dr. Habib Sad- Sadegi on Cosmic Flow by mm-hmm. explaining her own interest in wellness, or in her parlance, healing modalities she spoke for 90 minutes about integrative photosynthesis spiritual wi-fi laterality to the body and neurovegetative signs i just reacted physically to hearing spiritual wi-fi i had like a visceral physical reaction to it i was launched into the back of my seat he spoke of june 4 97 the day paltrow first reached out it was the most important day of his entire life, more so than his marriage or the birth of his children. Oh. He saved every email she ever sent him and spent half an hour walking the audience through a detailed explanation of Paltrow's first blood work. My God, Good shoot me doc. in the face with a shotgun. I'm so glad that Gwyneth could provide somebody a greater joy than the birth of the child that they made with their body. He also then showed her recurrent urinary tract infections and an ovarian cyst that could have blown out her back to an audience wow 
He ended his statement with a bunch of interesting tangents, including saying out loud, what makes water wet? So he wow. sounds like a fucking idiot. Really asking the fucking big questions here at the Goop Summit. The next panel, they were instructed that kale, the superfood of the millennium, can actually be extremely dangerous. That vaginal birth is the new breastfeeding, a sentence that doesn't make any sense. What? That taking one Advil or a leave is like swallowing a hand grenade. <sighs> that cancer does not exist among wild animal- animals, even though it does. Many wild animals have died of cancer at similar rates to humans, and that we Americans are not meant to eat nightshades, such as tomatoes and potatoes, because Uh, everyone immigrated from Europe, Africa, or Asia where there are no nightshades, despite the fact that potatoes are grown in Europe, Africa, and Asia. uh, Okay, first of all, okay, no, 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 not first of all, just one of all. All of those, none of those things are figuratively or literally (laughs) true. Yep, that was all lies that I just said, but they actually were said at the Goop Summit. How many people attended this Goop Summit, Liam? Do you know? I'll look up. I'll look it up right now. Oh God, damn, dude, you were not kidding about. I was. I I told Tom that he would fucking hate this story. How like actually mad I am right now. Oh man. Oh, why do we let people do this? <sighs> so, hunt, like, uh, I think under a thousand. Okay, well, that's that's all right. That's still, though, like, okay, let's say, let's be generous and say 700 people came to this thing. That's still, like, It says 7K. hundreds of Goop fans. Well, I mean, also, not a lot of people are going to be able to afford this. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, like, literally, like, this is, this is what I'm fucking talking about with, uh, like, okay, sorry, I gotta get into this, but this is what I'm talking about with, like, redistributing the wealth, because it's, like, all rich people paying other rich people a shitload of money for things that don't work. What the? Hey, guys. Single-player healthcare. Universal basic income. Like, we have the fucking... Everybody... Where's the money gonna come from? Where's the money gonna come from? This is where the money's gonna come from. Everybody from the Goop Conference. Ugh. Next up was the 10-minute facelift with Dr. Julius Few, a room-clearing demonstration in which Few sliced holes what? in a volunteer's face. After explaining that his patient was under a local anesthetic, he pushed a threaded needle through the volunteer's oh left God. cheekbone to her lower jaw, then oh reversed course while tugging oh tight. What is oh going God. on? Oh then they broke for lunch. Yeah, that's a great pre-lunch activity. Hey, watch me fuck up this person's face. Let me get into the face meats. The three o'clock panel was the mother load, described as an exploration of the mother wound and ways to repair in ourselves. Dr. Oscar Saralak, the lone male on the panel, elicited groans when he compared his work on the mother wound to a reporter in the wars in a war zone, huh. seeing all the carnage around me. Huh. Dr. Robin Berman claimed that the word mother is transgender. That sounds like something Bill Maher would say if he got in trouble <laughs> for a trans joke. Which is gonna happen. I mean, he already he already says some really shitty transphobic shit all the time, so. Dr. Sherry Sammy, the wife of Paltrow's first speaker, hit the crowd's marrow, listing the great stressors of upper-class motherhood, including what kind of nanny is going to bring the right consciousness into their life. Fucking vomit. Did Ivanka Trump write these Uh. speeches? Next was a sex panel featuring therapist and Oster Esther Perel, sexpert Nicole Dayden, and Jenny Koner, the showrunner of HBO's Girls. And Travis McElroy, licensed sexpert. <laughs> well, if he has a degree, I haven't seen it. 
I don't know how I got on this panel, Jenny Corner said, as she struggled through a painfully earnest discussion of the nourishing approach to orgasm. Connor's cohort, Lena Dunham, was billed as a star attraction and did not appear, and Paltrow offered no explanation or apology. All right. Next up was Paltrow's trainer and business partner, Tracy Anderson. She took the stage for a brief and awkward Q&A. She spoke against cross-training, which is regarded by most physiotherapists as the most beneficial (laughs) form of workout for the body. Anderson also boasted that she worked with Microsoft to open her viewers' neural pathway so they'd connect with her online presence, then rush offstage immediately. Around 5 o'clock, the final panel took the stage. Paltrow and her celebrity friends, Cameron Diaz, Nicole Richie, and Miranda Kerr. In the middle sat Tori Birch, an actual businesswoman, who looked ready to gouge her eyes out. Sources say. Yet this was the only panel that the crowd was super into. And it was clear why they came to see Paltrow and her friends gush over each other's fabulousness, marvel at how each of them do it all with no nods to nannies or personal assistants or household staffs, managers, or agents, and reinforce the notion that every woman out there, if they only wish hard enough and buy enough goop-approved product, mm. can be a member of her clique too. Although all attendees were promised post-summit drinks, at the end, those who, ju- who paid just the lapis package were hurried out as a voice came over the loudspeaker, asking everyone else to join Gwyneth and her friends for a cocktail in the garden. Part six. More like poop. <laughs> okay, that was, that was the best one. That's the episode ringer. In 2016, Gwyneth Paltrow said in an interview she planned to discontinue her involvement with Goop. Hmm. But in this month of 2017, she was named the new chief executive officer. Oh, huh. I'm going to leave this thing, but actually, I'm now... Now I'm... Now I'm its lord, and I'm the lord. I'm Lord Paltrow, or no, Baroness Paltrow. I'm Baroness Paltrow, Baroness of Goop. Shoot your goop, my dude. And that was the Goop Summit. Wow, that was a that was a lot. Um, hmm. I'm gonna, you know, well, well, I, uh, I'm gonna go take care of some wellness for myself. And while I do, why don't we listen to an ad from another podcast on the network? That sounds like a pretty good idea. Hey, I'm Liam. And I'm Eric, and we host an anime podcast. Hold on, hold on. It's, it's funny. I, I don't like anime. And I do like anime. And we watch it, and we review it, and I Well, try I it. review it, and then you derail everything. Yes. Um, it's called the Shmanime Podcast. It's on the Major Cast Network every other Wednesday. Do we commit to that? When did that happen? Oh, fuck, it's Tuesday, isn't it? <laughs> every other Tuesday. <laughs> on the Major Cast Network, or iTunes, or wherever you get podcasts. Probably. That ad deserves a Cleo. I've gone on my juice cleanse, cucumbers on my eyes. I've taken off- I shoved a pickled radish up my butthole. I've taken off both of my socks. Wait, Tom, are they goop-approved potato skin deer hoof socks? Liam, I'm in my fucking happy place right now, and if you- For $286, they can be yours. God damn it. E- chapter one. E once upon a time. In the late 1800s. Hold on. Stop. First of all, I'm giving you stink face, and I want them to know (laughs) that I hated that. That's not a pun. Keep going. In the late 1800s, people like Nikola Tesla pioneered the world of electricity, creating new markets and inventing the technology that would be the building blocks for much of our modern world. Until Thomas Edison came by and said, hey, buddy, that's mine now. Bye. My literal next note 
Uh, calls... Don't tweet your images out on the account then. Yep. Uh, I called him a thieving capitalist dog, which is true. Very true. He also killed an elephant. Yes. Eventually, the market broadens beyond creations of utility such as the light bulb and as with uh, any such growing diverse market electronics eventually get their own trade show utility more like futility one such trade show was ces the consumer electronics show mm-hmm. the first ces took place in june of 1967 two years we were so close and was actually a spinoff of the chicago music show which was actually a spinoff of cheers <laughs> And it all takes place in the Timmy Westfallverse. It quickly became a biannual event, which means that it likes both boy and girl years. And it happened every two years or twice a year? Uh, twice a year. Held in Las Vegas during the month of January and in Chicago during the month of June. Once video games emerged onto the electronic entertainment scene, they quickly became a popular part of the show. Indeed, uh, the few Wikipedia highlights for early CES conferences are dominated by video games, such as 1982's first ever appearance of the Commodore 64 and the GCE Vectrex. Hey, Liam, do you remember when game console names were, like, super good and not lame as shit? Like the TurboGrafx-64? Exactly! And now we have, like, the Xbox One X and the, uh, like... I like I like the Switch. I think that's a pretty Switch good name. Switch is a, a decent a name, but it's no GCE name. Vectrex. No, no, not at all. And PlayStation's the dumbest name in the world. Yeah. In 1993, CES experimented, opening itself to the general public. Although this was enjoyed by many, especially the gaming public, giddy from the announcement of Mega Man X, this experiment has not since been repeated at CES. Chapter E to Live and Die in L.A. I want to die right now. I want to die right now. My name's Liam. My co-host is great. (laughs) Despite video gaming's popularity at CES, they were often given the bottom shelf treatment. Quite literally, developers and publishers were placed in the basement of the Chicago McCormick Center. Here's a quote from CEO of Sega America at the time, Tom Kalinske. The CES organizers used to put the video games industry way, way in the back. In 1991, they put us in a tent, and you had to walk past all the porn vendors to find us. That particular year, it was pouring rain, and the rain leaked right over our new Genesis system. I was just furious with the way CES treated the video games industry, and I felt we were a more important industry than they were giving us credit for. End quote. Yeah, that's some fucking hot bullshit. That guy's 100% right. Mm-hmm. Additionally, uh, games as a medium were blowing up in the early to mid-90s, which meant that the basement was simply an untenable space for the booming video game industry. All this contributed to a desire for a games-focused convention. Ask, and you shall receive. In 1995, the Interactive Digital Software Association organized the first-ever electronic entertainment expo known as E3 at the LA Convention Center. By all accounts, this first E3 was a fucking club banger back-to-back. Nice. Here's some... It was a real runaway with me. Yeah. Here are some notable elements from the very first E3. The announcement of the Sony PlayStation. Sega announcing that they had stealth shipped their upcoming console, the Saturn, to retailers for immediate release. Uh, That's a cool fact, but also it's, like, really important because a lot of people attribute this as the beginning of the end of... Uh, Sega as a console developer, as this power play, like, absolutely did not work out for them. R.I.P. Dreamcast, one of the greatest consoles of all time. Yep. 
Seal performed at Nintendo's pre-E3 party. Get the fuck out of yep. here. I did Hiss from a Rose. Yep. Oh, that's fucking dope. Unfortunately, he did not kiss from a rose. He played his songs Crazy and A Prayer for the Dying. Though, fun fact, Seal's Crazy got the, like, haunting piano dubstep female singer with a shitload of reverb treatment at this year's E3 for uh, Skull and Bones. Uh, you might all remember that Seal was hot off of Batman Forever at the time, which prominently featured Kiss from a Rose. Uh, but oh yeah, it should be "Kiss from a Rose on the Grave," not "Kiss from a Rose on the Gray." On the Gray, that yeah, doesn't mean doesn't anything. And "Kiss from a Rose on a Grave" is such a better line. That song doesn't make any sense. Of course, there were also kind of eh, gross things. Uh, there were Nintendettes, Nintendo branded booth babes, which that uh, listened to an old episode, episode sixteen. Yep. Uh, for that discussion, I still stand by a lot of what we said. Apparently, yep. some of these women, not just the ones employed by Nintendo either, were harassed by an interactive pornographic software man- manufacturer by the name of John Wayne Bobbitt. Now, I... What? Uh, yeah. Wait. The guy who gets his penis cut off? Yeah, I only mention this because, listeners, you probably know who John Wayne Bobbitt is because he was the, the famous domestic abuse case who had his penis cut off by his wife in retaliation for her for him uh, just being physically, sexually, and verbally abusive to him. Though the Jesus, the cast- never name your kid John with the middle name Wayne, yeah. especially with the last name Bobbitt or Gacy. Yeah, just don't. Hey guys, stop naming people John Wayne. It's There's done. been no that good wasn't John even Wayne. His real name. There's been no that good wasn't John his Wayne. real name. Oh, Bobbitt's uh, penis castration. Took place two years earlier, but they managed to surgically reattach it, and apparently Bobbitt had apparent, had failed to learn his lesson. However, the most famous name to attend E3 1995 was, hands down, Michael fucking Jackson. No. Oh, I thought you were going to say Jordan. No. That's still huge, though. Jackson. He came... That's, that might even be bigger. What am I saying? He didn't, he didn't even come to play music. He came to, like, play games and party. Yeah, because he's a creep. What a production. Chapter E3. There we go. Yeah. Though there were fears that this first E3 would be a bust, the event saw more than 40,000 attendees and was fucking lit as hell and was quickly recognized as the biggest event in the industry. Each year, E3 saw a fair amount of growth until 2005 when the now-defunct G4 televised the first ever broadcast of the convention. This likely contributed to the slight decline in attendance the following year because, you know, you could just catch it on TV. You didn't have to fly it to Cali. Many in the industry actually welcomed the decrease in attendees. Many of those who came to E3 were considered industry outsiders, bloggers, and members of the public who were not, quote-unquote, true industry professionals. They were seen as an obstacle, preventing vendors from networking with their fellow peers. Combine this with the rising costs of renting out a booth and vendors were getting antsy. This was E3's first major identity crisis, and it was time for a change. Chapter... They called Bubsy, didn't they? No, they They called Bubsy up and they said, Bubsy, we need you. Bubsy, baby, we gotta get you. You're the creative director of E3. (laughs) We We need you to show up here without any pants like you do. Chapter E for your eyes only. <sighs> Do you see the theme that I've been doing this episode? I, I Making I, me upset? I got very happy when I came up with it. Under pressure from vendors threatening to Under pull out, pressure. 
the from the vendors threatening to pull out from your thing. Sorry. Oh, under, under pre- pressure. <laughs> under pressure from vendors threatening to pull out the ISDA, now the ESA, Entertainment Software Association, restructured the event for 2007. In July of 2006, they announced that the following E3 will be open exclusively to members of the press and retail sectors and will be rebranded as the E3 Media and Business Summit. Attendance went from 60,000 to a mere 10,000 cap, followed by 5,000 in 2008. Though vendors were initially happy, this move was criticized by many, both within and without the games industry. Though accommodations were eventually made, indies took a hit in visibility, both because preference was given to larger vendors and because of the sheer drop in exposure. E3 is fucking huge for indies. It's real good. Uh, This also reduced external media coverage. So like ABC7, local news, covers E3. Can't do that no more. Which further isolated and insulated the games industry. Though folks like myself obviously tuned into the broadcasts and eventually live streams of E3, there is no doubt that E3 as an event was in major trouble. This is E3's second identity crisis, and once again, time for a change. Chapter E5 got a golden ticket. Boom. Swish. You threw a baseball and you hit a child on a basketball court. You didn't make a swish. In 2009, the ESA takes steps to respond. I am so upset with your chapter name game. It's like it is so fucking on point. This episode, I'm so I knew you were gonna be like actually fucking mad about it. This is revenge for your story. In 2009, the ESA takes steps to respond to criticisms, raising the attendance cap to 45,000, though they'd still preserved the ban on non-media slash non-retail entities. Businesses like Nintendo and EA have pulled out of E3 in recent years in favor of delivering press conferences on their own terms. This is likely not only a response to E3's shifting direction, but also to the, the flexibility of modern streaming and video services. Plus, you don't have to worry about competition from other broadcasts. With vendors pulling out and streaming posing a real threat to the fundamental necessity of the conference, the ESA decided to seek alternative revenue and has turned back to the public. In 2015, 5,000 civilian tickets were given to vendors for distribution to fans, and in 2016, E3 featured a separate free event called E3 Live. E3 Live was a scaled-down version of E3 that drew in around uh, 20k attendees and was meant as a dry run for what would eventually take place in 2017. I'm talking, of course, about the 15,000 tickets reserved specifically for the public at $250 a pop. I purchased one of those tickets. I went to E3, and let me tell you, well, my story ends here. E3s certainly does not. And now it's time. <laughs> Go right into it. For self-care corner. Which means that it. the story's not over because I get to tell you all my fun stories from E3, guys. It was so good. Go for it. It was so much fun. I'm lucky enough to have family out in California, so I stayed with my aunt. She has two cats named Hershey and Oliver, and they were so cute, and I loved them. I got to try out all these fun indies i got to try out vr for the first time vr is like hella expensive 
I tried out Raw Data, which was this first-person shooter, which, like, yeah, fucking, like, yeah, it's a VR shooter. But also, for, like, it's fucking VR for the first time. Guys, it's so fucking cool to try. I can't, like, the opulence of this thing. Like, I, you walk in there, and it's just, like, it is overwhelming. And the show floor was packed front to back. Like, literally, no, it was, like, hot in the room. There were so many fucking people in there. And I got to, like, meet people. Like, I met um, Ben Hansen, Ben Reeves, and Kyle Hilliard from Game Informer. I met Hamish Black, who does writing on games on YouTube. That's a super fucking good channel. Everybody should check it out. I I met... I, I, I like, met and befriended the developers, some of the developers who did Frog Fractions 2. Like, that was fucking awesome. Those people seem super nice and so cool. Did you tell them that, that you did a story about them on your podcast? I... I think I did. I can't remember. Hey, Frog Fractions 2 people, if any of you are listening to this podcast. I believe episode 27. Yeah, I did a story about the Frog Fractions ARG, and it was very fun. There was, like, obviously a bar there, and, oh, hey, guys, you haven't haven't felt true fear of death until you've looked God in the face and ordered a whiskey double and had it cost $24. I met Holly Green, who's the assistant games editor at Pace Magazine, and she was lovely. She was so nice. And I met um, Adam Marquise, who's this fucking uh, artist, a game or like art guy at fucking Naughty Dog. Like I met so many people and tried out so many cool games. Where the water tastes like wine. Frog Fractions Two, Disco Bear. Liam, you would really enjoy Disco Bear. I should show it to you. You told sometime. me. You told me. Fucking like guys. I didn't even check out the, any of the AAA games because I didn't want to wait in a line for, like, four fucking hours. But, like, Jesus Christ, E3 was, like... So that's my self-care corner is that E3 was, like, oh, yeah, and on the last day of... Oh, yeah, I should remember this, too. On the last day of E3, I met a bunch of really cool folks on the train ride back, and they were, like, hey, we're going to go drinking on the beach at Santa Monica. Do you want to do that? And my aunt lives in Santa Monica, and I was, like, sure. So I went with them, and we all drank on a beach, and it was fucking dope as hell. God, it was so nice, and we're going to live there soon. For my self-care corner, <gasps> while I was out apartment hunting in L.A., with, I just got to hang out with my dad on Father's Day in Los Angeles Y'all, for a whole weekend. So that was fun. Liam's dad sounds dope as fucking hell. My dad's great. So that's our self-care corner. If you've got a self-care corner, you can send it in to mediamagerspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us. We have a quick shout-out section. Oh. We got a new Twitter follower. Yay! We got followed by last week on PLL, which is uh, our friend Jane's parody account, uh, like fan parody <laughs> goofum account for Pretty Pretty Little Liars. It's pretty funny. It is. I don't watch Pretty Little Liars, but also Jane is an extraordinarily funny woman, and so you should all follow that account. Yeah. Uh, you can all follow right. us at Media Majors Cast on Twitter. If you want to get on shoutout section, write us a review or follow us on the account. Yeah, ain't gotta be a long, uh, long review, just, you know, like a sentence. Hey guys, like your podcast, or hey guys, put your balls in the air. Um, I, anything else? Um, I listen to the other casts on the major cast network. Yeah, they, they know to do that. Uh, oh, yeah, um, I have I'd make music under the name Sword Dinosaur on Bandcamp. You give that a listen. Don't forget to stay frosty, everybody. Oh God, what was that? I don't like that at all. I don't know I'm what that was. That That's gone now. <laughs> Got possessed by the devil.
We better go, because Tom's getting possessed. This so as always... We'll be there for you. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major. <laughs>